In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim. What's up, brother? We have reached the final week of the season, rivalry week. It's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of eating, too. A lot of eating, and it's bittersweet. It's always bittersweet this time of year because it's the end of the season. I don't know how to feel. Like I'm excited because it's the end of the season, SEC championship game's two weeks away, but it's the end of the season. College football is almost over. It's, it's depressing. I, I don't want it to end. Yeah, that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that's true. I mean, hopefully we have four Georgia games left. And that's kind of that kind of stinks. You know, it's sad. Uh, but this is a fun weekend of football. Starts tomorrow night and then full slate on Friday, full slate on Saturday. Before we pick our games this week, I want to talk to you a little bit about the CFP rankings released last night or yeah, last night because we're taping Wednesday. We texted a little bit about it. And the panels seem to be pretty, you know, this will never happen. But I found it very interesting that Bama was slotted in at seven. I'll just, I'll just say it like that. Because seemingly, that's the committee saying, we think they're better than one lost Clemson. Well, what is going to change on one lost Clemson's resume between now and selection Sunday, other than they could be ACC champion, which this year, who cares? So I, I don't know. I found that really interesting. And obviously a lot of things would have to happen, but there is a path there, however narrow it is, for Bama to still get in the playoffs, which I just kind of figured they would be out based on the two losses and the fact that just how they've looked this year hasn't seemed playoff worthy, but I guess that's the, uh, the, I guess that's what you get when you've been excellent for 15 years, you get the benefit of the doubt. So anyways, that was the one thing I found surprising. Everything else lined up. Although I, d- I did kind of think LSU being above one loss USC, that surprised me a little bit too, but that'll take care of itself on the fields. So it doesn't really matter, but th- those are the only two things that piqued my interest on the list from last night. It is what it is. Bama is going to get the benefit of the doubt as long as Saban's there. It just, there's nothing that anyone can do about it. And let's be realistic. Clemson is just not a very good football team. They may be a one-loss team, but they're not very good. And I'm not 100% sure that they're going to win the ACC title. I'm not 100% sure they're going to beat South Carolina if South Carolina plays like they did last week. Now, granted, I don't think they are because Clemson's defense is really good, but Clemson's offense is not. So I don't think that if Clemson does win the ACC championship, if things fall right, I don't think that that's going to hold as much weight, just like you were talking about, because the ACC isn't very good, and they got boat raced by Notre Dame. I, you were talking about the, all the scenario, everything would have to line up perfectly for Bama to get in. I don't necessarily see that happening. I think a one-loss TCU champion gets in if TCU loses this week. 
I still think TCU gets in as a one-loss conference champion because they just find ways to win. And their their resume would be more impressive as a conference champion than Bama as a two-loss non-division winner conference champion, in my opinion. The real interesting thing happens is if Michigan beats Ohio State and it's yeah. a one-loss Ohio State versus two-loss Bama. I think if Ohio State beats Michigan, I think Bama jumps Michigan because Michigan's Michigan's resume is not as as impressive as Michigan's looked kind of lethargic, I guess is the best way to call put them um, in their conference games other than the Penn State game where they just dump truck Penn State and Ohio State's looked a little bit more impressive in conference play. But if they he blows Michigan out of the water. I think Michigan out. Um, that's a that also would be a really interesting argument, though. I mean, could you imagine the Big Ten writers like what they're going to say if a two loss Alabama jumps a one loss Michigan team? Yeah, Mi- Michigan's got a tough tough argument to make if they don't beat Ohio State. That that schedule is so soft out of conference, and they're in conference just because the Big Ten is so down. Just really isn't that impressive. Um, I mean, look, Penn State's had a good year, but again, it's it's a good year in the Big Ten, which hasn't been very good. And Penn State's signature out of conference loss is against an Auburn team that stinks out loud and fired its coach. So there's just a it's it's an interesting year. I I'm hoping that a lot of it just takes care of itself on the field and people win and get in. So, uh, but look, man, USC's got a tough game Saturday night. I, I think Notre Dame yeah. going to give them all they want. And USC's defense is non-existent. I wouldn't even say atrocious. It's just it doesn't exist. There, there's eleven guys out there, but they might as well not be out there. So, uh, typical yeah, Lincoln Riley team. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, I, I'm not convinced they're going to win the Pac-12 title game if they play Oregon. I'm really not. So, it, it, it's going to get interesting. I, I do think TCU will win out. I, I think they will beat Iowa State. Iowa State's just not a very good football team. And then they're most likely going to get K-State in the title game, which, hey, that, that I think that's a tough test. I think that's a tough test. Boy, a lot of purple in that game, too, if that ended up coming to fruition. Like our old days, like the old Essex Trojan days, brother. Purple <laughs> everywhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be uh, – it's going to be interesting to watch. I think while we're kind of on this – can we talk about how just ho-hum and quote-unquote normal it felt for Georgia to be sitting there at one? And I was trying to think last night watching it, how exciting it was to see them in that one position in 2017 when it happened at that initial release yeah, because it was such a novelty. And I just, I know we say this a lot, probably annoys people, people probably tired of hearing it, but I just never want to lose sight of the fact that Excellence is now the expectation and being at the top is now quote unquote normal. Like I just don't ever want to stop breathing that in. Right. Like yeah, Georgia, Georgia just completed their second straight undefeated SEC regular season. They're about to complete their second straight undefeated regular season in general. And I, man, I just don't want to discount how awesome this is and how, I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like last weekend, for example, people were pissing and moaning about, quote unquote, how they looked beating Kentucky. Who cares? (laughs) Like, they're undefeated. Like, 
get over yourselves. I just, I think it's all crazy, man. Like just rejoice in the fact that your favorite team that you live and die with is the cream of the crop, the top of the college football world and the envy of every program in America. Like it's beautiful. And I don't know, man, I just love it. It's joyful. When you, when you love a team and you follow them and you put time and energy into following them and dude, not everybody gets this right. Not everybody gets this, this point of being at the top of the mountain and, and kind of getting to revel in that and enjoy that. So I, man, I just don't want people to lose sight of that. Like, this is awesome. And no, it's wonderful. What did they say last weekend too? Only, only third team in SEC third history team. to do this. To do be eight. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, 95, Spur, Spurriers, Gators, 95, 96 Gators and 08, 09 Bama, I think. Yeah. Or nine, yep. 10, something so like Kirby, that. So Kirby has now put his name in the same stratosphere as two of the greatest coaches in college football history. I, I think that should be put out there. I mean, that is important. That is relevant. So, um, yeah, man, I, first off, congratulations to those kids because they've had to make their own identity. And I think we would all say that the journey this year has been different than the journey last year. And I think in a good way, it's every team. And we say this, I feel like all the time is, is, is living and breathing, constantly changing. And I think the experience as a fan this year has been different. And we talked a lot about this in the off season about, I think the expectation was different, but I also think there wasn't as much weight on the expectation, if that makes sense. So the expectation from us was, look, if they take care of their business, they should be undefeated in the regular season again. But I also think we were both like, but if they don't do that, I'm not going to be like super depressed about it, you know, because of what happened last year, which is, it's just been such a different, I think, space to navigate from as a fan. And it's been great. I mean, I, you know, obviously Missouri was was weird. That was a weird game to consume. And then you have the huge hype of the matchup with Tennessee, one versus one. And that was cool. And I just think the journey's been different. Obviously, the opener in Oregon, we got to go to and experience that together. And they just blow the doors off Oregon. And I don't know, man, it's just been a it's been a fun year in a totally different way. And I mean, they look like if the, I, we've texted offline about this. I don't know if we've said it a lot on the show, but. The only opponent Georgia needs to be worried about is Georgia. I mean, that's just the reality. Yes. They are the only team that's going to beat Georgia. So that's comforting in a way because you know that if they take care of what they know how to take care of, everything going to work out just fine. And I do think this team, interestingly enough, although they have kind of cat and mouse people a little bit, when it's mattered and they've needed to show up like the opener or – Road game, first SEC road game against South Carolina or big match against Tennessee, they showed up every single time. And so that should give Georgia fans, I feel like, hope about the SEC title game and then the playoff matchups because they're all going to be, you know, let's get up. We got something big to play for type thing. So, yeah, I just don't want people to not be joyful, to not think this is just normal, to not not become like Bama fans who seemingly – don't even attend the SEC championship because, oh, we've been there so many times. Homie, breathe it in, baby. Go to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Go to anyone you can. Yeah. Because we th- this can be taken away just as quickly as it came. We don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah, 100%, man. And I, That's why I, I just don't take it for granted. Just enjoy the, enjoy the ride because, man, it has been a fun ride. 
So, okay, let's pick some games. You know, this is going to be my favorite week of the year because it's just rivalry rivalry trophy after rivalry trophy, and I am fired up about it. So, first one, it's one of my favorite games of the year just because what a laugh out loud funny trophy. But tomorrow night, Mississippi State and the Cowbell Pirate Ship heading to Oxford to play Ole Miss, maybe future Auburn coach Lane Kiffin. We'll see. A lot of a lot of smoke about that. But um for in the egg bowl. Boy, I love the egg bowl. Obviously, some really interesting moments in this game, especially in the last couple of years. Yes. But Ole Miss is a one and a half point favorite. So almost coin flip. In all honesty, yeah. What do you what do you think about this? I almost got their doors blown off last weekend against Arkansas. So, which I feel like we kind of called a little bit on the show last. Well, week. you did. I took I took um I took Ole Miss because I didn't feel I I, the, the, I was up in the air. It was up in the air about KJ when we, when I threw my picks in. So I I went with Ole Miss because I wasn't sure about that. If I would have known KJ was going to play, I probably would have taken Arkansas. But that's neither here nor there. I don't really know about this game because of all the uncertainty with with Kiffin and they're just kind of what is Ole Miss playing for right now? Yeah. What are yeah. they playing for? Are they playing for a coach that may not be there? If they know that Kiffin's leaving half of them are probably got their foot out the door. Yeah. It's a rivalry game. It's in Oxford. I'm going to go with the pirate ship. You know, I love Leach and yep. they just looked so disinterested last week that they, I mean, after Arkansas scored, they might as well just left the field. Uh, Arkansas did whatever they wanted, and I don't think they're going to show up this week. So I'm going to go with Mississippi State, and I think it's—I don't think it's going to be as bad as last week, but I think it's going to be not close. I'm also taking the Bulldogs from the West, and I'll tell you why. I, and this is all biased from watching our game against them, but we had problems running the football against them, and it we may have the Joe Moore award winners on the offensive line this year. So I think Mississippi state is stout enough up front to limit Ole Miss's rushing attack, which I think as we've seen, if they're not running the football, that offense is a little funky. I mean, I I just don't think Jackson darts capable of carrying an offense. I will say it was funny last weekend. What they have 700 yards total offense and somehow got beat by three scores. I mean, it was, it was a weird game, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I always am a little leery about picking a team when there's all these rumors going around about maybe that coach will be there, maybe the coach won't be there. They said Kiffin had to have a meeting with the team about it. I don't know, man. I, all that's just – it just seems funky. So, Mike Leach ain't going nowhere. And Mississippi State got stuff to play for. Will Rogers fixing the, you know, keep himself in the conversation for a 4,000-yard passing season. So, yeah, I'm taking him too, man. I. I think it'll be a fun game either way. So, and hopefully nobody does a dog peeing celebration. Elijah Moore. That's right. Yeah, that's right. No Elijah Moore. Yeah. All right. The next one on the list is Tulane and Cincinnati. This is Friday at noon. So a little Black Friday action. And the Bearcats are also one and a half point favorites. What do you think about this one? Is this an 11 a.m. kick local? It's a good question. Is Cincinnati Eastern or Central? I think it's I think it's I think Eastern. Eastern. You know, it's weird because Cincinnati's okay. right on the border so. with Kentucky, and there's a little space in there that, yeah, I don't know. They, they, there's something funky in that little area with daylight savings and all those kinds of things. 
like Tulane. I, I mean, I know it's in, in Cincy, and I like Fickle as a coach. I think he's a very good coach, but he they lost so much, and they've been competitive, really competitive this season. They just they have not found a way to win the close games. So I'm going to go with Tulane. I like the I, lo- I love their offense. I love the way they run the ball, and they really, really do well with the play action. And I really think that – I think they're going to be the, the group of five representative this year. So um, I'm going to go with Tulane. Yep, I'm taking the green wave too. I like them as well. And they got they got a ton to play for. I mean, obviously both teams do because you're playing for that group of five slot. That was another interesting thing last night was UCF's slotting in there after another loss. Uh, obviously the committee's high yeah. on the Gus bus, but that was that was interesting to me. That keeps them squarely in the conversation for that uh, automatic New Year's Six invite as well. But yeah, I, I like Tulane in this. I think they'll. And this this would be a good win. I mean, this is a nice win to go beat a Luke Fickle coach Cincinnati team. So even though Tulane has burned me the one time I took them, uh, I'm going to take them. So, yeah, that's I'm with you on that. All right. Next one on the list is Friday night at 730. Florida and Florida State. FSU is a nine and a half point favorite. Whew, feels like a big number. But uh I mean, Florida just lost to Vandy, so maybe it's a little reactive, <laughs> justifiably probably. What do you think about that one? Go Knowles. Uh, <laughs> I read an article this week on um, about Billy Napier in his first season. Now, granted, this was a reactionary article to the Vanderbilt game, but they were like, at some point, Florida fans have to stop blaming Dan Mullen. These are no longer Dan Mullen's players. You've had a you had a you've been there long enough to where now these this is your guys. This is your scheme. You are putting these guys in position, and you just lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. And not only that, your star quarterback, quote unquote, on a hail mary threw it out the back of the end zone into the first row of the seats. Like it wasn't even close. You did, you're not even giving your team a chance to succeed. So it's on Billy Napier now. And the fan base is already turning on him at the midway point of this season, basically. And it's getting worse. So I think there's going to be a lot of coaching turnover there because he brought his guys from Louisiana with him. And it's not working out that way. Like, it's just the fan base is and administration's not happy right now. And there's a lot of, like, players getting kicked off the team, players leaving, players already announcing they're entering the transfer portal, like contributors Florida State has had a solid season this year. They played really well. Norville, at the beginning of the season, I said, had the hottest seat in America, and I think he's done enough to save his job, and they've got a decent recruiting class coming in. I think the Knowles win, and I think it's I think it's a blowout. Yeah, I'm going to be with you on this one, too. I'm, I'm taking the Knowles, too. I just think Florida's house is a mess, and they're not going to get it cleaned up in a week. And I think Florida State is in a good spot. They've been playing good football. They've had a nice season. This would be an exclamation point. It gets them to, uh, let's see, gets them to nine wins with the opportunity for a ten-win season in the bowl game. Yeah, man. I, at, you know, they're playing at home. I, yeah, I, I like the Knowles in this too. I just think Florida is a mess, man, and they're a mess everywhere. There's just no reason, talent-wise, that they should lose to Vandy. That was another interesting part about last night. Kirk Herbstreit twice on air last night said Vandy will beat Tennessee this weekend. So, whoo. I mean, I, that would be awesome. But, boy, that's, yeah. a, that's a take to have on national TV. People are going to roast him if that doesn't happen. But, hey, good for him for calling it out. Take some balls. 
Uh, okay, the next one on the list is the game. So Michigan and Ohio State, first time they've played against each other, both of them being undefeated since 06, which was also a monster matchup back in 06. And for this one, this, this feels big to me. Ohio State's seven-and-a-half-point favorite, which I know is based off their offensive proclivities. But what do you feel about that one? We're picking this on Wednesday. I want to point this out. We do not know at this point the injury status of Quorum or Donovan yeah. Edwards. Yeah. So with that being said, and it being iffy on whether they play, and also I think one of their DNs is very iffy to play, I'm going to take Ohio State. But I, if those three play, I think it's a completely different ball game, and I think Michigan covers. I think Ohio State wins this game regardless, but I think it's a lot closer if those three play. Even if two of them play, I think it's a much different game. If Quorum plays, obviously he's the straw that stirs the drink for Michigan's offense. But um, if Edwards and the defensive end play, I apologize, I can't remember his name. I think that it's it's much closer, but I think Ohio State having the home field advantage is gonna win this game. It's just it's gonna it's gonna be a dog fight either way. But without those three and the being up in the air, I, I think Ohio State's gonna win this one and they're gonna cover. I think they're gonna pull away late. I think it's gonna be a dog fight though. This is maybe the toughest game on the slate for me this week because such contrasting teams, right? You have Michigan, who's very much built like Kentucky, where they want to shorten the game, run the football, play really stout defense. And Ohio State is the inverse of that. They want a high fly and fling the football down the field and score a lot of points. And I wouldn't say that Ohio State's defense has been their calling card under Ryan Day. And I don't really think that's changed this year, even though that narrative has kind of been pushed that the defense is stouter this year. they're, They're just such different teams. Now, to your point, if Blake Corum doesn't play, I think that changes things for Michigan. I think as we saw against Illinois in the second half last weekend, um, but I still think offensively their philosophy is the same and they're going to shorten the game. So I don't think it's going to be a ton of points. And I do think they will be the best defense that Ohio state has played all year. So yeah, I I'm with you. I think Ohio state is going to win the football game uh, mainly because I think Ryan day is a better college coach than Jim Harbaugh is. So I'm going to give that edge. I also think CJ Stroud's a better quarterback than JJ McCarthy is, but that's his name for Michigan, right? JJ McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, I think I'm going to take Michigan to cover, but I don't feel great about it. I will not put any real money on this game. Let's put it that way. No, I just, not I, at all. I don't not have a. It. I don't have a gut feeling about this one way or the other. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a super fun game to watch, though, given the weight and the implications and what happened last year and, and all the things. So, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan, but I don't feel great about it. All right, next one on the list is the Iron Bowl. Auburn going into Tuscaloosa. This is on here for tradition's sake, not because this is going to be remotely close of a football game. Uh Alabama favored by 21 and a half in this one. Are they covering that number? They're obviously going to win the football game, but are they covering that number? Every time this season that I've said that Alabama is going to cover a big number, they haven't. So completely for that reason. And one other reason I'm going to take Auburn. 
Cadillac has those guys playing for him. He's yeah. really got them playing for him. Now, talent-wise, they are completely deficient in every single area on that field compared to Alabama. But those guys are playing hard for him. And that means something. So I'm going to take Auburn to cover. I think Alabama's going to win. And I think it could be one of those backdoor cover type situations. But I think Auburn will do just enough to cover this. And I think that Alabama is going to try to get up early big to give, you know, Bryce Young a going away party, you know, for his last home game. But um, because, I mean, let's be realistic. He's going to the draft next year. He's not coming back. And but I mean, Cadillac is he's got that team believing that they're better than they are. Y'all just rewind back to the beginning of boss's answer, play it again. And that's my answer. That is exactly how I feel about this game. I, I, it's a huge number and Bama has been awful at covering big numbers this year. Every time I've picked them with a big number, feels like I've got burned on it. Just like you said. And same thing, man, these boys are playing for Cadillac and that's real. That's tangible. And you can see that you can feel that they're not going to win the football game, but I think it's closer than three touchdowns. So I'm with you. I'm taking, I'm taking War Eagle in the Iron Bowl this year. And boy, I would just love it if they pulled the upset and just beat them. That'd be outstanding. I don't, that's not going to happen, but yeah, I'm taking them to cover. All right. The next one, Civil War, Oregon, Oregon State. Although I don't think they call it that anymore, but yeah, we're going to call it that because that's what the traditionally it is called. Um, Oregon is a two and a half point road favorite. I think Bo Nick's still a little bit gimpy. Came out and played last week. Great effort. Got them the big, big win against Utah. Gutsy. Um, still rooting for Coach Lanning, too. This Oregon State team is good. Read a story on The Athletic about them this week about how they are building the program to be sustainable. You know, they're doing the stadium renovations. Their head coach was a walk-on quarterback in the early 2000s. Um, cool story. If you have The Athletic, be sure to consume it because it was neat to kind of read about that program. But uh, this is always a fun one. Two fun uniform com- combinations, too. So what do you think? Is it going to be a happy night in Corvallis or a happy night in Eugene? I love what Oregon State is doing. I do. They're, they're building their team the right way. They're building it in the trenches out. Their defense is stout. But I think that the Ducks are going to win this game, and I think it's going to be a dogfight. But I think it's going to, this game is going to be much like the Oregon-Utah game. Oregon is taking on the personality of their coach. They're showing mm-hmm. grit and determination and the ability to win close games. And I think they're going to do that again. I think this is a three to seven point game, um, which is enough to cover the two and a half point spread. So I'm going to go with Oregon on the road uh, to keep their you know, Pac-12 hopes alive. Um, and the Rose Bowl hopes alive, realistically. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ducks too. They have a lot to play for. If they win, they're going to the Pac-12 title game, get themselves an opportunity to, to upset USC. And like you said, put themselves in the Rose Bowl, which is a big deal and would be a huge deal for Dan Lanning. Um, I also just think we talk about this a lot from a Jimmy's and Joe's perspective. Oregon has the better Jimmy's and Joe's. And I think as the season has progressed, they have played much better as a team. So yeah, I'm going to take the ducks. I, I like them here. I like what they've done this season, but this is going to be a fun, fun football game to watch, man. I mean, and what is it going to be noon, 1230 local. So be a, be a fun day to, to be at that game. But yeah, I'm going to take the Ducks too, but could easily see Oregon State 
not just covering, but winning this football game. So yeah, it's too. not certainly not a game I feel awesome about, but, but I'm going to take the Ducks just because I like what Coach Landing's done there. And uh, I, I just like how they've looked. All right, next one on the list is one of, I think, the cooler rivalries in, in college football, and that's Notre Dame and USC. Notre Dame heading out west to play USC at the Coliseum. It's a 7.30 uh, kick, and USC is a five-and-a-half-point home favorite. How do you feel about that one? We talk, oh, we've talked about this game a lot because USC's you know in the playoff picture and everything like that offline off and through text messages and stuff like that. And we talked earlier about how typical Lincoln-Riley team, USC has no defense. The problem is Notre Dame's offense is bad. They've had one offensive explosion, which was surprisingly against Clemson, who has a really good defense. Yeah. I don't know if Notre Dame has figured something out on offense because right after that game, they went back and were able to score 20 points off of two short fields. And that's really it. That was their whole offense the next game, and their defense was stout, and they won. I don't think that they have enough defense to slow down USC enough to allow their offense to take advantage of USC's defense. Yeah. I would yeah. not be surprised, just knowing Lincoln Riley, if you if Notre Dame goes in there and beats the crap out of them and wins. But based off of an analysis of these two teams, I'm going to take USC and the cover. But I just, it would not surprise me whatsoever. I will not be putting any real money on this game at all. I can't wait to watch it, but it just would not surprise me either way what happens in this game. Yeah, once again, you summed up how I feel perfectly is the way to beat USC is to take advantage of their non existent defense. Notre Dame does not have the offense to take advantage of said non existent defense. So I think if you're looking at what is the best unit on the field of the six units those two teams will put on the field together? It's USC's offense. They're the only elite yeah. unit on that field, okay? So I'm just going to go with the elite unit. Caleb Williams, that that offense is humming. I think they will score at least 35 on Notre Dame's defense, and there ain't no way that Notre Dame is putting up more than 35. And I'll be shocked if they put up four touchdowns. I just, dude, I just don't believe in Notre Dame's offense at all. So putting them up against the team that is an offensive juggernaut, I, I'm with you, man. I just don't think they have a good enough defense to slow USC down enough. So I, I think they at least went by a touchdown. So I feel good about the five and a half. Again, I, I wouldn't put real money on it because I just don't like betting on Lincoln Riley teams at all. Uh, so, but for these purposes, I'm with you. I'm taking, I'm taking the Trojans to cover that. Okay, I've got this one on the list. Sunflower Showdown, Kansas, K-State. This is a big one for K-State because if they win, they go to Big 12 title game. Um, I think it's big for Kansas, too, just because it's in-state rivalry. And also, they got embarrassed last week against Texas. I think one of the bigger yeah. black eyes on an otherwise resurgent season. So I think they need to come out and show that they're, they're more than that. But Little Apple, tough place to play. Kansas State, 11.5-point favorite over the Jayhawks. What do you think about that one? I don't like it. And I don't feel comfortable about it. I'm going to take the Jayhawks to cover. I think K-State's going to win the game. I think K-State's been humming the past few weeks. I don't feel real comfortable about Kansas covering this. This is more of a heart pick. More of a, I want Kansas to cover. And I want Kansas to show better than they did last week. 
I want Kansas to be more like they were at the beginning of the season. And I, because they're capable of that. And if they play the, up to their capabilities, this should be a very good game. But um, I don't, I, I, I think last week was more of an aberration than reality. So I'm going to take Kansas to cover. Yeah, my, my worry with Jayhawks is the health at the quarterback position. And I think it's prevented them from having some continuity. I mean, I think you really have to evaluate their season in two halves up to the TCU game and after the TCU game. I think those are two totally separate teams. And, and let's just be real. After the TCU game, they've just not been great. And that's the part of it that makes me nervous. I've picked them a few times just because, again, heart picks. But I think K-State is just a better football team. And I think they've got a lot of stuff to play for on Saturday night. So I'm going to – I'm going to take Emon this one. My sister-in-law will be happy. So I'm going to take Emon the little apple because I, I just I, – I think they're I think they're going to bulldoze the Jayhawks, unfortunately. But that's just the gut feeling I have based on what's been going on the last month of the season. So, all right, next one on the list is the Apple Cup. The Huskies and Big Penix Energy going to Pullman to play Washington State. And the Huskies are a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. What do you think about this one? What time is this game? This is a 7.30 local time kick, 10.30 Eastern. Back 12 after dark, baby. So this game could be nice and, you know, crisp and 35, or it could be a blizzard. So um, <laughs> you never really know with this game what it's going to be in Pullman. Um, what was it, a couple of years ago where I turned on the TV and it went through, like, you know, all four seasons in a game, I think it was? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Started at 60 degrees and then finished at like, you know, four or something like that. Um, I'm going to go with the Huskies. I have no feel for this game whatsoever because it's because of Washington in November. You just don't know which, what you're going to get. And the weather could play a huge factor. I know they're not calling for anything, but this is on Wednesday and a lot can change in four days on the West Coast and, you know, the West Coast. So I'm going to go with the Huskies. They're just the better football team. Uh, at this point in time, I'm taking Washington too. I like what I mean. Dude, they have a nice year. They're nine and two. I mean, they've had a a very good year. And Michael Penix is a good player. Just slings it. I mean, the le- love seeing a lefty out there just flinging it around the field. And I, you know, they're still playing for a good bowl berth. I, this is always a fun game. It's always kind of a one of those crazy throw the records out the window type rivalries. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, yeah, to your point, I think projected game time temp is 34 on Saturday night. So it'll be a little bit brisk in Pullman. Um, I do I do kind of have a little heart pull for the Cougars of Washington State because I had a buddy in law school that went there. And every Saturday before college football, we used to play this song called the Pullman song to get us fired up for a day of, of imbibing and watching. Uh, so play that regardless go on youtube and search the search the pullman song and play that to get you in the mood for the apple cup um but i just think the huskies are going to be too much for the Cougs this year so um yeah i'm gonna go with the huskies same though no real money on this i'm not gonna have a lot of real money on any games because it's just a weird week yeah it's a weird week all right last one clean old-fashioned hate the dogs are 35 and a half point favorites between the hedges at noon on Saturday. That is a massive number. What do you think? You think they, they cover that Georgia tech coming off a big old win against Carolina. I mean, tough if you're a Carolina fan, but big win for the yellow jackets. 
What do you think? Think the dogs are covering that? You know, I have picked the dogs to cover these big numbers pretty much all year. And they've been about 50-50 with these big numbers. And I hate to say it, Georgia Tech has played well this year. They play. uh, Who's their coach? Brent Key, I think, is their coach. Like they, Brent Key he was is the, the interim, interim after they yeah. fired. Yeah, they yeah. they he's the interim after they fired Collins. They played well for him. Um, I this game's not going to be close, like statistically at all, and I don't think it's going to be close on the scoreboard. But that's a, I mean, that's more than five touchdowns. That's basically thirty-eight points is what we're, we're looking for here. Yeah. Uh, I think it's closer than that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate myself for this. God, I'm going to take tech. I'm with you, homie. I'm taking tech too. I just, I mean, I just, this is a big number. I think maybe they've only covered a number this big one time all year. If, if you had put a spread on a game and that's the Oregon game, right? I think it's the only one they would have uh, covered this number. South Carolina. That was 48, seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just, man, I don't know. I, to your point, I like the way they've been playing for Coach Key. Like, they've actually shown that they have a pulse. What's their record since he took over? Are they 500? Uh, I believe so. And it's, yeah. it's not that even – it's not even their record. It's that they're – like, before, before this, they were getting the tar beat out of them yeah. every single week. And, you know, they had the – close loss against Virginia. They beat um, North Carolina. They had the close loss. I think it was against, um, was it against Syracuse? Uh, I think it was against Syracuse. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and then they won another game in there. And then he's, he's coached four. Is he coached more than four games? I don't know. They've, yeah, they dude, played I, better. They, they fired Collins pretty early, I think. Yeah. So they played better. I mean, obviously the first game, you know, the emotional – you know, anytime there's there's emotions after a coach gets fired. So they played well that game, and then they had like a they got blown out, and then I think they started to pick it up after that. I'd have to look at the the actual schedule, but they just played better. And honestly, there are a couple games in there that they probably should have won that they they should have beat Virginia. I don't know how Virginia pulled that out, but it's just it's just one of those situations that you know some it, it was leadership. I mean, Collins was a terrible fit for that program to begin with. Anyone was yeah. gonna be a terrible fit coming off of Paul Johnson because you just had to completely revamp the program. From the triple option, so um, can't believe I'm defending Georgia Tech here, but it, it is what it is. They're just they're they're playing better for him. Yeah. So spread is 35 and a half, and the totals 49. So like obviously Vegas doesn't expect Georgia Tech to score really at all, and I'm kind of the same. I don't think they're going to score a lot. It's just I don't know how, especially given the lead in to the SEC title. I don't know how much we're going to be active in the second half offensively. I think it may this be is, a let's just run the ball and get the hell out of here type thing. This is so, like a 28 7, 28 10, 31 7, 31 10 type game at most. This just reminds me of a very just ho hum business like game. Yeah. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's just, you know, do what we got to do and get out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think this is going to be just a, just a get out of Dodge with the win. Everybody will play the first half, honor the seniors, and then we'll get some guys some reps in the second half and keep everybody healthy going into Atlanta. I, I just I don't think it's going to be one of those foot on the accelerator type games where they're trying to drop half a hundred. Now, obviously, that could all change if there's turnovers or 
short fields or whatever it may be. But yeah, man, I, I think they're just going to bludgeon Georgia Tech. And uh, I could even see it being 28 point game somewhere in there. But man, five touchdowns just seems like a whole lot given everything that's going on. So yeah, picking the Yellow Jackets to cover. Don't feel great about it. Feels nasty coming out of my mouth, but yeah, really does. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. Well, that's all I got, brother. Uh, just getting ready to eat tomorrow. I got to put my Thanksgiving pants on, so I got plenty of space. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Not not really a good slate of NFL games tomorrow, though. No, not really. I mean, I guess what? you could say the Cowboys and Giants is a good is a good matchup, but that's that's a good matchup record wise. I don't expect that to be a very good game. Well, plenty of good college football all weekend. You got a fun game tomorrow night, and then you know it'll be good, man. I, Thanksgiving weekend's great. It's a, it's like Christmas without the pressure. No presents, just eating, just no eating, presents. And, just eating in fellowship. It's eating fantastic. in football. That's it. Eating football eating and fellowship. Football. Yeah. All right, homie. Well, I'll. Uh, I'm sure I'll be in contact with you all weekend. But until we preview the SEC title game next week, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope y'all have a fantastic weekend with your families. Eat yourselves silly. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, go dogs. Sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.